Welcome to Your Live Well, the podcast series bringing you expert-led advice, thoughts and opinions from across the breadth of well-being and from some of the amazing contributors featured at Live Well London 2020. 21st century life has our confidence taking daily knocks from the barrage of media, social media and peer pressure to be perfect, not to mention our own high standards and inner critics. Finding your own true self-confidence can be challenging, whether it's confidence in our outer appearance or not having the courage to go for that dream job. Our panel, Nadia Craddock, body image researcher, Sylvia Mack, founder of Love Disfigure and one of our Live Well London ambassadors, Sharu Izadi, behavioural change specialist and author of The Kindness Method, chaired by Lucy Donahue of Happy Four magazine, are here to help inspire inner and outer confidence, embrace our differences and imperfections, give you the tools and skills you need to know to be more true to yourself, and instill positivity with their stories, experiences and expertise. Enjoy. I'm going to introduce myself now. My name is Lucy Donoghue. Um, I'm head of content for Happiful magazine. So Happiful is a company, it's a family-led run, run company, and we also have counselling directory, life coach directory, several other directories, um, and you can find it all in our Happiful app. Um, so we're about looking at how we can make ourselves healthier and happier and providing people with the help they need. In terms of confidence, um, I find this really difficult, actually. I find this really terrifying um, and spent a lot of time last night not sleeping, so I would love to work on that. Um, and I'm going to introduce, ask the panellists to introduce themselves and the areas of confidence they'd like to work on. Okay. Hi. Uh, my name's Sharu Azadi. I'm a behavioural change specialist and I write books about changing your habits and the area of confidence that I'd like to work on is when I lay down a boundary to sit in the discomfort of knowing that I've annoyed someone without um, trying to backtrack and be like, oh, I didn't mean it, actually. It's you, fine, really. It's fine, actually. I didn't mean it. Yeah, just tell me you still like me. Um, that's my main thing, to sit in that discomfort and be like, no, actually, I did have a point and just sit with it. Maybe they'll be upset with you, but just because you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean that you're wrong yeah and that's the sort of confidence that I'm learning especially professionally because I, I find it very difficult to make it so that I've been that I've said something that's made life difficult for someone else because I'm quite a pleaser so that's what I'm learning to be better at great thank you good one um so I'm Nadia Craddock. I'm a body image researcher at the Centre for Appearance Research, which is based in Bristol. I host two podcasts, one for the Centre, which is Appearance Matters. The other one is called The Body Protest with Honey Ross. Uh, I guess what I am trying to work on being more confident at is probably in a professional space when I'm in with a lot of other people in the room who I know know more than me to then to still stick my ground and say my piece and I think sometimes when you're with lots of very dynamic characters it's quite easy to sit and just like let them go through and so with some of the projects that I work on I'm working with UNICEF I'm working with Dove I'm working with professors of from different universities and so some so I think my thing is that I need to just own my space and talk when I uh, have something to say rather than being quiet. That's great. Thank yeah. you. Hi, my name's Sylvia Mack. Um, 
I'm a childbirth survivor. I'm also a campaigner and an activist for people that have visible and hidden differences such as scars, um, health conditions or skin conditions that affect their appearance, whether on the face or the body. Um, my confidence often affects me or gets to me when I'm on stage talking and I was just saying to Lucy just the other day that I spoke to a thousand people and that was huge for me um, but it, it just seemed to be easier than gr smaller groups for some reason I just felt like I could just talk out <laughs> to, to the room and not almost kind of like cover everyone out but um, but yeah Right now I'm getting nervous, but but yeah, it's just just a thing. I'll I'll be, be relaxed after a little while, but yeah, and also being amongst experts in their field, such as these three wonderful ladies, um, does kind of make me feel like there may be a little bit, you know, more <laughs> of an expert than what I am. But I do have my previous experience, and I like to think that's just as good. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think you do yourself a massive yeah. disservice there, and I'd. I'd love to start with you first in a minute because what Thanks. I wanted to talk about is um, we'd love to give you three actionable takeaways today to go away and think about in terms of confidence and our panellists are going to talk about their experiences, professional and personal, um, and hopefully give you something to take away from this room when it comes to confidence. So let's start with your yeah. story. Um, so when I was two and a half years old, um, I was burnt in boiling water, um, almost lost my life and luckily I'm here today um, but I have spent my teens my tw 20s my 30s up into my 40s just not feeling confident and um, really suffered with my self-esteem and I realized that just kind of recently somebody had said to me actually you seemed really confident I, I don't understand it so what I feel was happening and I don't know if you guys will agree with me I found that I had an outer confidence and an inner confidence but the outer confidence I was using it to kind of mask the way that I was feeling inside because I wasn't feeling great inside so it was easy for me to actually go yeah I'm great but I, I wasn't and I was really suffering. So um, I found that once I found the inner confidence, I was able to just beam a light out and actually feel really great about myself. And it's funny, I've come across people online that I've spoken to who seem really confident and then they sit down with me and they say, actually, Sylvie, I don't feel that great. And, um, or they don't feel that confident. And so I totally get it. And I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Can you tell us a bit about Love Disfigure and the, the campaign that, that you yeah. ran and you run? Because actually mm. there was some real confidence behind if you go on the website, <laughs> some of the talking you've done, some of the interviews you've done. But I'd love yeah. to, if you could tell everyone. Here. Yeah. Um, so I set up Love Disfigure about three years ago. And the reason I did that was just because throughout my life as I said I didn't have much confidence and I felt like I was like the only person on the universe that had scars on my body and um, I don't feel like I fitted into society um, all the magazines you know and, and these magazines I re religiously bought weekly or Me monthly too. Me too. and 
every time I see a celebrity and that arrow pointing to their legs or their arms and saying, scar, oh, this is bad, um, made me feel worse and worse and sink deeper into this depression and um, just not have no confidence at all. So, um, so going back three years, I was on a beach with my mum and I hadn't worn a bikini ever. And this particular time I had a, uh, I had a bikini but I also had like um, a, a sarong. And um, I noticed a guy was videoing the back of me and I thought, well, something not right here and got really upset. And me and my mum went down to the beach um, and whilst on the beach, I noticed that her head was hung really low. And straight away I thought, oh no, she's feeling guilty for what happened to me. And so what I needed to do was help lift that. So I walked to the water's edge, pulled off my sarong and went, mum, I'm fine. Like, it's me. And I started to pose and I was so happy. And it was that day that my confidence just, boom, something, it was like a lightning bolt hit me on the top of my head and went, you're confident now. And, and I just felt so great. And so when I come back from a holiday, I decided to set up Love This Figure because I realised that, I was not going to let anything else affect me now. And, and I realized that there was other people out there that actually were suffering the way that I was. And there was no way that I was the only person on the universe. I was now in my 40s and I needed to do something. Um, and so what I did, I set up Love This Figure. I put out a video reveal and it just people from everywhere were literally saying I've got skin condition I've got scars thank you thank you you don't know nobody's ever spoken about this before and then it was just from that I realized that I needed to continue my work and start campaigning and be more of an activist um, in helping others um, just because I didn't want to see people suffering the way that I had suffered and just not have no confidence so yeah and I'm confident now that's, that's <laughs> fantastic I mean in terms of that moment with your mum and, and what happened yeah but what's so interesting about your story and I think everybody is mm. that confidence isn't a, a kind of linear journey you have times when confidence goes up and when confidence goes down yeah. you know we've all said today well you and I have said we're <laughs> yeah. feeling a bit jittery <laughs> what would you say to everyone here what's the takeaway that you would give people about confidence <laughs> Um, I would say that try to learn to love yourself um, because it's your body. Nobody owns your body. It's yours. You own it. So it's time for you to just make that stand and say, actually, I don't care what other people think about me. I don't care about those magazines. I don't care what the press and the media are saying about bodies that look different. I'm going to accept this body for what it is and and just yeah just go and love yourself and and hopefully you you will find your confidence from that but at the same time I, can I also say that there are a lot of people online that have scars and skin conditions and and people that suffer with depression that are now coming out of themselves and saying hey you know it's okay it's okay to be like this look like this feel like this and I'm happy with the skin that I'm in that's great. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> and Nadia. Right, so so as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm a body image researcher and I my main focus is with adolescents. I'm actually working on a project in Indonesia right now with UNICEF. But when we're thinking about improving body confidence, there's a whole array of things that are negative to how we think and feel about the way that we look. 
Um, and so then thinking like, well, what is it that we can do? And there's, there's multiple things that we cannot control. We can't control the press. We can't control weight stigma throughout society. We can't control diet culture, but we can control the things that we think and feel and what we say and what we say to ourselves, what we say to ourselves out loud, what we say to ourselves in our own internal dialogue and what we say to each other. So, um, so we mentioned the magazines and the magazines that kind of shame women in particular about like, oh, like this woman's like, and like highlighting on like a little bit of a role on in her swimming costume or something and, and all of that like quite toxic messaging. So we can see that as being uh, really problematic, really hateful, really shameful. But what we find is that so many of us do it to ourselves so when we're in front of the mirror and you're like um really like hyper focusing on certain parts of your body wanting to change how you look in in certain ways and then having that really negative self-talk as you're as you're going along and kind of saying like oh like I hate my thighs because whatever or like really just picking and saying negative things and then when we're thinking about how we talk to each other again it's like not to blame your and ourselves for doing it because this is something I've been a body image researcher I've been working in this space for the last four years I've had to really unlearn that negative self-talk or just the general day-to-day chat when it's like body image so the first time you see someone you're like oh you look great like da 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 or like have you lost weight have you like what have you done and that you get very like your skin's looking better all of those like general day-to-day chat appearance focused conversations uh, are so normalized and common it's like it's kind of second nature to do it so I've, I've had to myself really unlearn and like try not to do that because what we see in the research is that the negative ne- both negative and positive valenced comments can have a negative impact overall on people's uh, perceptions of their own body image and that's whether you are saying the words or you're overhearing it so the kind of again we kind of know that um the negative sounding comments of like oh she looks horrible because look her jeans are too tight or something you know just something that's like a a nasty sounding comment you can like automatically think like that's not helpful but even something that sounds a bit positive so like the you look great you've lost weight can also be problematic because you're reinforcing the idea that to be thinner is better you are you have you don't necessarily know why that person's lost weight generally how our bodies work is that you people regain that weight so there is you're just kind of feeding into this idea that actually uh that person is is a better person because they have lost weight rather than so then what happens and they and people if can will hold on to that so then if you then if they like regain the weight or if something happens whatever like then uh that's when self-doubt can like kick in and be like oh you know like I got so many positive comments like when I was really stressed out last year and I didn't really eat as much and now I've like put the weight back on um I'm not getting the positive comments anymore and I'm like now feeling like not so great so it's really thinking about the conversations we have with each other and the conversations we have with ourselves and I think it's about retraining and relearning and it feels so unnatural to say positive sounding things to yourself in the mirror whether that's like out loud or in your head 
but it takes but it's something that I really encourage you to practice if you are struggling with body confidence to say those positive self affirmations and it doesn't have to be this like big glowing like oh I'm like a you know I look amazing I look amazing it doesn't have to be as like as extreme if if that feels too uncomfortable at this point depending where you are in your journey but just some positive comments and then also it doesn't need to be just about your appearance so again what we do with younger people in um, body image interventions that we do we get them to say five positive things about what they how they look and then five positive things about who they are as people to kind of shift the focus from appearance to that bigger picture of your self-worth because defining your self-worth purely on your appearance is a really fragile um state to def- like to to pin your self-worth on because our appearance changes it's, it's always going to it's always going to change if you're a supermodel when you're 20 you're not going to look like your your appearance changes as you get older um so it's just kind of mo- like broadening that out and saying positive things and um i was at an event the other week for insecure girls club and we were saying well i thought really resonated with people that actually you can go back if you're kind of in a trap of like negative self-talk you've done that you know what that feels like you can go back you can always go back to that negative self-talk but if you're struggling with that try something different try the positive self-talk try with your friends like being like okay we're not doing that anymore we're not doing the body bashing we're not doing the like constant praise on appearance we're gonna like talk about other things or we're gonna really highlight other things that we think are are valuable about our friends or whatever and let's just try it and then you can go back you can go back to saying that you hate yourself and that you think you're fat or you think you're ugly or whatever that's always an option that's always there for you if you want it but actually try something different give yourself like give yourself a time limit on it give yourself like a a month and just see how that feels see how you feel as a person if and and then and then you can evaluate and see but I think it will take time to change that inner self-talk rhetoric so that inner dialogue yeah you have to practice it you You have have to practice practice. it's like learning a new language Mm. I think if you're learning a new language you can't expect to just like click overnight and be like oh that's it I've I'm now fluent in Russian like it will take practice and it takes daily practice to then become have like some like first of all you need the vocab and then you need to be able to put the the sentences together and then you get to a point where you're more fluent and then it actually you're not thinking about it anymore so at one point you're going to be thinking about it a lot more and then actually it's going to be something that's just at the back of your mind and you have that and you just know it and I think perhaps people can start today so when I asked everyone to talk about how they'd like to be a bit more confident there was so much chatter in the room no one was kind of racking their brain for what how they'd like to be more confident so perhaps one of the things you can think about is how you talk about yourself in that area of confidence and how you could look at, at reframing that so I have that very negative self-talk a lot and uh, it started when I was much younger and one of the things that my mum did when I was really little, not really little, about kind of 17, 18, was with exams. I, I would get very nervous, I would feel like I couldn't sit in the room um, and she sang, she sang I Have Confidence from the Sound of Music to me and it used to really <laughs> make me laugh so but so actually true. it's amazing. So today walking across the road in the, in the rain, it came into my mind and my mum came into my mind and it just kind of it just grounded me a little bit so if you can't immediately start thinking right I'm going to talk to myself in a different way find that song find that song that you can play that actually puts you in a different headspace um 
Funny Girl, there's another one called Don't Rain on My Parade, which oh, is brilliant if you. someone's annoying you at work. Not that they do it <laughs> happyful because it's lovely. But, you know, just find your song and, and take yourself to another space. I think that's that's one of the things you can do as well. Can I just say also yeah. um, something that I found was people um, saying nice things to you. Accept it. Like, don't deflect it. Just always say thank you and walk away. And it just makes you feel so much better because I think we have a habit um, of, of saying oh no no when someone says you look nice and I had a habit of doing that for so many years and the minute I learned to accept and say thank you and I just felt so much better in myself and I say it every day now I think that's great yeah. that's a really a really good piece of advice is to to accept the compliments that come mm. your way as well Sheree I want to move on to you and and tell us about your area of confidence and also perhaps you could give us a bit of background about the books that you've just over the last couple of years because this feels very relevant to this conversation um thank you guys that was really informative and by the way i don't feel like i'm an expert on anything that you've said i'd never heard any of that before <laughs> just um a lot of my work is informed by the work by what i learned observing and working in addiction treatment and i was noticing patterns in the people who were able to make difficult changes in their lives and change their habits in a sustainable manageable way and I saw that the thread that ran through a lot of those people was self-compassion and the ability to increase their self-esteem and their self-efficacy and believe in their capacity to do difficult things. And so a lot of my work now in both of my books is concerned with handing over tools that help people believe in themselves, essentially, and to speak to themselves the way that they would speak to a loved one. And the other angle of this really is that I spent many, many, many years um, having a really difficult relationship with myself, difficult relationship with food and my body and living my life on hold. And I think that was one of the main takeaways and one of the things that resonates a lot with people in my talks and in the book is that I had a therapy session a few years ago with a, with a counselor and she said, she asked me a question that really, really annoyed me and that was, what if you never lose weight? And I was like, sorry, I should give you some context. I was like eight stone bigger than I am now. And I kept going up and down like eight or nine stone at a time in like really unhealthy methods that I won't be endorsing here, needless to say. And um, I couldn't believe how much it annoyed me that she asked me, what, what if you never lose weight? And I, I didn't realize how much my life was being lived on, on hold. Like when I lose weight, I'll do this. When I lose weight, I'll do that. Then I'll take care of myself. Then I'll use that cream. Then I'll light a candle. Then I'll go on dates. Then I'll wear colors. And by the way, I always use that example when I'm dressed head to toe in black. <laughs> but I wear colors now. <laughs> now and then um, but the fact was a lot of it was um, kindness towards myself was conditional upon mm. achieving these specific goals and it wasn't until she asked me that question and after I was I drafted like a breakup text with her I was like you should be struck off <laughs> you're a nasty nasty woman <laughs> and then I sat down and I sort of entertained it and I realized that actually so many of the things that I had associated with my weight had absolutely nothing to do with it and I, I don't think it was entirely my fault and entirely cultural I do think in the media a lot of the time we weren't seeing girls like when I was growing up like girls who were overweight didn't get boyfriends and they had to be funny and like you had to bring more to the table basically um, and I think it was informed by that a lot of it uh, so I started doing all of the things that I had that I was waiting to do when I had lost weight the things that slim people do right and then I managed to level out my weight quite naturally 
because I realized one thing and that is that doing difficult things like changing your eating habits or indeed finding the, the motivation to do anything difficult um, becomes much easier when you treat yourself with kindness and that extended to how I spoke to myself because I always decided when I was slim I'd, I'd have a really positive internal dialogue and anyone who's changed their body dramatically knows that uh, that doesn't happen if anything you just find a new thing to hate about yourself mm -hmm. so um, for me it was about taking it off the table and just saying regardless of my goals I'm going to try and be nice to myself all day in every possible way and it turns out when you behave that way your goals become much easier to achieve because you back yourself yeah um, so that's my sort of story in a nutshell and I love uh, in your books you talk about asking yourself certain questions and also reframing how you respond can you talk a bit about reframing um and the reframing yeah. what you do in your books i've read i've read the books thank you Lucy. yeah thanks um so what i've noticed and i noticed this in addiction treatment that a lot of people who were able to keep up their changes understood that their motivation would waver throughout the day whereas i hadn't i mean i can't tell you guys how many years i would start something on monday and I'd start the day and I'd be like, I'm on track. Everything's going to be great. I'm a new person. I ate everything I've heard of last night. <laughs> so that's out of the way. And then I would, um, and I'd be like, I'm a new person. That's it. And by like 11, I was just covered in sugar, basically. <laughs> and, um, and that just kept happening. And of, and of course, you have to start things on Monday. Yeah. So that was like six more days of damage <laughs> that I would do, waiting for like the new me to come out on Monday. Um, and so what I tried, what I started doing, and again, I learned this from addiction treatment, the people who were managing extraordinarily well to change their habits were the people who were noticing that motivation would waver and they'd be ambivalent about change throughout the day. So they had things in place. Um, and so the tip that I would hand to you guys, which I, I use every single day, initially I use it for food. Um, is reframing those challenges, those moments in the day where either externally or internally you'll be tested and deciding how you're going to respond when they present themselves. Almost reframing them as a welcome opportunity to practice responding differently. It's really empowering. So I'll start thinking, I started thinking, oh, I hope at some point someday that person who really annoys me does that thing that really annoys me so that I can respond differently. Um, and it was such a simple reframe, but it's helped me enormously. I'd be like, I hope someone brings in cake today so I can demonstrate my power over cake. And I want to do that 10 times in a row. And before I knew it, what I was doing is I was sort of uh, focusing on something other than the outcome. And then the outcome became a byproduct that took care of itself, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what I would say is a lot of the time, the day-to-day -day things that throw us off track, we can actually reframe as things that are necessary tests that we need to see ourselves get through in order to change our habits long-term. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've worked in mental health and substance misuse, so it goes without saying that this isn't anything that would harm you or anyone else or isn't highly triggering. I am talking cake levels of tests. Um, but yeah, for me, that was enormously empowering to think, yeah. I'm not going to try to make this easy. I'm going to expect it to be difficult and focus more on my capacity to do difficult things than to create the path of least resistance because invariably I'll get tested in a way that I can't guess. Yeah. Um, so that's at the heart of a lot of the work that I do.
And it's great. And I think what I've heard from all three of you is about questioning. So thank you for that. It's, it's actually saying, why am I talking to myself this way? How can I manage these challenges that I'm having? How can I think about the media that I'm consuming as well? I mean, we've mentioned media so many times. And I think the Monday morning thing comes from the media. You know, the, you get the January New Year, New You. It's, it's just become so much part of, of what we expect. Um, and this isn't a shameless plug for Happyful, though it kind of is. But it, it's one of the things that we work really hard to do is is not to perpetuate that kind of media and to actually question. Mm. And it, it's very hard. It's very easy to consume media mm. and uh, kind of social media and not question it. But I think we need to turn that kind of curiosity on a bit more about yeah. why we're treating ourselves mm. like this. I mean, would any of you like to comment on that? I'd just like to say one quick thing about the Monday thing. Everyone knows that it's easier to do difficult things when you feel good. Yes. Why do we start Monday morning? I don't know. It's like the worst time to start. I mean, there are some people who will be thinking now, I feel great on Monday morning. But for the most part, when I do talks and panels and things, I'd say 70% of the audience are like, yeah, Monday morning's not my, yeah, not the one. Yeah. Um, and that, I find that quite interesting that we always embark on difficult plans on Monday morning, particularly in my case, after we've had like a Sunday binge. Yes, of eating day, everything. The day of rest. Yeah. And in terms of curiosity, would either of you like to, to say anything about in confidence and curiosity or confidence in questioning? Um, like I said, the same similar thing about the inner confidence and the outer confidence and maybe like having a look at that when you're looking at your own self and um, just thinking about the way that you act, um, whether that is, um, whether it is fake <laughs> or you're just trying to, you know, you're just putting up a wall and um, you're just saying, hey, you know, this is me. But in actual fact, it's it goes deeper and you need to really look at that inner confidence yeah. and question that. Which is to, to what you were saying as well about the, the dialogue. Yeah, and I think the, the other piece on the curiosity is, is the critique and having that, like, when you're consuming, whether it's traditional media, whether it's social media, just to, just to have that layer of, one, we know social media is a highlight reel. I think that's kind of, we know it, but it doesn't always translate when we're consuming it, especially when it's like that first thing in the morning scroll or the last thing at, oh. at night scroll or when you're in a really bad mood scroll is to remember that it is a highlight reel it's not a true reflection to, especially when thinking about body image is, is to have that awareness that people are using filters are again putting their best photo out there like so you know they might have like 20 photos and then they've got the one with the best lighting and the best angle so and, you know, and we know like you know it like when you look at your own photos you can have like 20 and one will be the most unflattering photo you've seen and the, and then like number 20 will be fine and so again it's just having that um layer of critical awareness and like we call it media literacy or so so then you're just like okay I, I know what's going on here and I don't need to then like buy into it immediately and I think one of the things I really liked um about what's been said earlier is that self-compassion piece and that was something I always used to blow out the window um, because I was like actually and so uh, talk about body confidence but also just confidence in general I always just thought like actually if you just plow through hard work like all the confidence stuff comes 
once you get the result, once you get the goal. But with when we're talking about body confidence, so people use that mentality with, with body confidence. So they're like, oh, if I hate myself, I can hate myself into this new body that is some, somehow like amazing. And then, then at that point, I will then love myself. And we just don't see that in any of the research at all. We see that people who have got low body confidence are more likely to not engage. And I think there's this whole thing about health, right? Like we all want to be healthy now. Like it's like, that's like the new thing. It's not like, it's not just being thin anymore. It's like being healthy. So we want that. And I think being healthy is a good thing to, to want. It's like, but negative body image, the body bashing is not the avenue to get to that place of healthy. Because mm-hmm. what we see with the people who've got low body confidence uh, are more likely to engage in all sorts of unhealthy lifestyle behaviors from eating really badly. And that could be overeating. It could be undereating. It could be abusing diet pills. It there's that kind of thing it could be from not going to the doctor when you feel you need to because you feel so ashamed of your body and we see like one in one in three young people aren't going for smear tests because of feeling ashamed about their body and then on the flip there's a whole array of things like we know girls don't put their hands up in class when they're feeling not great about their body on the flip side we know people have got body confidence who are who have positive body image so doesn't mean that they're like posting pictures on social media in a bikini every every two minutes it's literally just having that acceptance appreciation of your body for what your body can do it's that self-care self-respect peace towards your body that they're more likely to engage in healthy lifestyle behaviors more likely to move their body in a way that feels good and that they enjoy which actually is more sustainable than um that really punishing regime of like i'm gonna like hit it hard in the, at the gym in a way that I actually hate because that's where people drop off because that's mm. it's not sustainable and it's not fun so actually thinking coming from a place of compassion towards your body and the activities you do like how you eat how you move is a much nicer way and that could be whether your body changes or not and I think so again going back that actually just really thinking about it from that level I think it's really important thank you and I love everything you've all yeah. said um and I think that that's one th- I laughed when you were talking and the re- the reason I laughed it was because it resonated with me so much what you said about hating yourself both of you saying hating yourself into a new body it doesn't work no it um, actually doesn't sorry to interrupt no. you but it actually doesn't get stuff done no you know like if you if I originally when I was doing this this work I always used to say when you let yourself down in some way, speak to yourself the way you speak to a loved one. And that works. Um, but in the spirit of getting stuff done and making changes, even if you hate someone and you had to talk them into getting back on track with something difficult, you'd be like, you're amazing, you can do this, this is great, this is just a blip. You wouldn't be like, you're weak, you're awful. <laughs> you know, you Come wouldn't. On now, so yeah. actually self-compassion yeah. gets stuff done mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think Sorry. I think that's exactly what I'm all about as well. I, I tend to um, just be really nice to everyone and, and it's the way that I want people to treat me and, and I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And also, can I quickly say one more thing? If you are on social media and you feel that it's knocking your confidence, fill up your feed with positive people you can always you know block and delete and get rid of all those block and delete I love it delete (laughs) um we have a fantastic panel here so I'd like you to have the opportunity to ask them questions um and I think considering the conversation there probably are some good questions so please please ask them over there 
I, I'm a primary school teacher working with like year one at the moment, but I've just started like an art school club for, and it was just the girls who have taken it up at the moment. But we only started this week and I asked the children, what do they want to get out of this? It's just like exercise different like games every week. And one of the girls said that she wanted to lose a bit of weight and to like get muscles on her quads and she's nine years old. I said, like, what kind of things can I be promoting to the children in my primary school? And that come to the clubs with me that would like help them as they get older and as they go into their teenage years and most likely get more and more self-conscious. Mm. So we see in the research that people as young as five or six can get into that, like wanting to lose weight because they're consuming media, whether they're toys, they're Barbie dolls, they're Disney, etc. And I think um, you can't control everything, but within that class, I think not having a focus on weight at all some of the like i know with some of the primary school stuff it is like with the anti-obesity type stuff it's like okay we're gonna exercise so we stay slim or like we it's and getting rid of all of that language like exercise can be like it's so many things we don't need to pin it just onto weight if we can do it about like let's being strong if we can you talk about exercise in terms of like team building and making friends and just like moving our bodies in like fun ways and just feeling immersed in it so i would just say as, as much as you can like get avoid and it sounds like you're kind of on this track anyways just not use any of that language and then and then model like primary school kids really look up to their teachers so just having again having that mindful lens of like what you're saying about your body and you don't need to say anything at all like that's great don't if you don't say anything but like you don't want to do like the body bashing um in front of your kids again like because young children in particular are like sponges so uh, you know I hear so many people when they're talking about like as adults being like oh you know my mum was always on Weight Watchers or um, you know my parents never used to eat this or they always used to be like yeah body bashing in the mirror and like or just having that aware like they, they pick it up even if they don't say anything at the time so I think just really encouraging exercise for fun and kind of really not getting into any of that weight talk when it's around exercise I agree but they're lucky to have a teacher that's like on the pulse mm. with this so that's great yeah thank you that's that's fantastic another question no more questions can I ask you something on that as well actually if yeah. you don't mind maybe this doesn't make me the first activist but I'm a real believer in that These those conversations are going to be had in private if you're not unshockable about them so I would say acknowledge that that's happening and that's a pressure that people are under and look at the various other ways that women, girls can be proud of themselves rather than saying, no, 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 don't worry about that. It doesn't matter. It, it will matter. I wish it wasn't true, but it will. And the, what I hate is being in a private room with someone where they're disclosing something that they wouldn't say in front of a teacher who's so, um, I don't want to use the word woke, but that's kind of what I mean where they'll be like but I'm still worrying about this so I've got nowhere to put it now because I'm not allowed and it's wrong so I would say yeah you can say like yeah you can like how you look that's totally fine but what else do you like about yourself do you like your personality do you like the sort of friend you are do you like that you're loyal do you like that you're funny and just kind of flood them with lots of different measures of how they validate themselves internally because I know a lot of the time especially now with online stuff and 
dark net that's for a different soapbox but like they will find somewhere to have those problematic conversations and it's never been easier to hide it from us like I'm like a million years old to a nine year old <laughs> I thought this is where I was going to be the coolest and I'm a million so I would say um, assume that they're going to have those conversations and flood them with more stuff as opposed to attempt to swim against this current that unfortunately I, maybe in a few years I'll feel differently but but for now I feel like it's a fight we can't win in the short term so it's worth acknowledging that it's happening because making them go quiet about it I think can be quite dangerous sorry yeah. my, my um, grandson is three years old and I've taught him to wake up every morning and say I am beautiful I am worthy I am loved and he does it religiously every morning and I think also song is such a good way to you know involve the children like happy songs you can you know make up a little bit for a little bit of your own thing in there I love that <laughs> yeah I love that make up your own happy song <laughs> unfortunately we've run out of time um I think the panel will be around for five minutes at the end of this if you, you want to talk to any of them. Um, I said at the beginning that we, it's leap day today, so we have got an extra day of the year to make it count. So please make it count for you. Please think about what you said about your confidence. Take some of this advice away with you. Um, be kind to yourself. Think about the way that you speak to yourself. Think about questioning everything you see and find the song that you can put on and just instantly feel better. And you can borrow mine if you like. So uh, I have confidence from um, uh, The Sound of Music. Thank you, and thank, thank you, you to the Lucy. panel. Thank, been you. Brilliant. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Your Live Well. We hope it's left you feeling confident and empowered. You can join us for more episodes and find out about future Live Well events at livewelllondon.com. But for now, take care. Live well and we will see you next time.